Hey, it's me, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi, it's me, Justin. Hey, it's Justin. Hey, is that Justin? Hey, it's me, Justin. Brogan. Brogan. Is that Jeff? This is Jeff? That's Jeff. I think that's Brogan. I was hoping Scott would say something. Yeah, where the fuck is it? Hey, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Scott. Incorporated in 1875, proclaimed as the City of Destiny, Tacoma has maintained itself as the City of Grid. Tacoma kept its in-your-face artistry and individuality that sets it apart from anywhere else in the world. Our never-say-die attitude continues to this day. We are honored to bring to you those who live in Tacoma and its surrounding areas, whose contributions are what bring this city to life. The reputation is real. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Here are your hosts. Grid City Podcast. I am Justin. I am Brogan. I'm Jeff. And there's no Scott today because he's doing family stuff and that's okay. I'm kind of stoned. It's a Saturday night Grit City Podcast and I'm really stoked because uh, this episode is uh, going to be super cool. Um, thank you everyone for listening. If you're a, a new listener... Uh, maybe check out some of our older episodes because this one deals with uh, a really cool Tacoma band by the name of The Ventures in our amazing episode with Mr. Tim Wilson that we recorded previously. Had a great Saturday uh, afternoon chat with him a while back. And uh, super, super stoked for everyone to listen to all that. But we also have other content before. So listen to our older podcast. Go to GoodCityPodcast.com with all of that. Um, just want to get all of that out of the way and get kind of right on to this episode because I'm really stoked for people to listen to it. And then when we get back after that, if you guys want to stick around, we can uh, talk about like all, all the BS that's been happening and just do a normal Saturday Night Grit. So you guys got anything else to say before we uh, get cut to that uh, cut, to, cut to this interview? Yeah, I'm going to be real honest. I just went back and listened through a few episodes. Yeah. And- God, some of those old episodes are pretty cool. Even the ones that are just available to our uh, regular listener all the way back to February 5th, 2018. Uh, Oh, so that, wow. So February 5th, 2021 coming up will be like three years, like uh, three year-ish or two? Yeah, three years of the return of the podcast. Damn. And yeah, that's even like, I mean, that's not even including all the old shit that you and Scott did. Just Or even when you showed up and then that still got truncated. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Like me and you and Jeff and Scott, like at this point, we're like, we're like common law married. Is that how that works? I think so. <laughs> it's like, like almost seven years of like having some shit. I know. I remember the first time I met Jeff. I think was he it, naked. Yeah. No, but I got sort of naked. It was the shower thoughts thing. They got topless. Oh, yeah. that's right. At least somebody got naked. Yeah, I got half naked. Yeah, right. Broken shower with people, yeah, t- people taping us. Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> That's how Jeff rolled, right? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> if you guys listen back to uh, all of our old episodes, if you're here new or, I mean, if you haven't, I know there's been someone out there, Caesar, who has listened to every single one of our episodes. He went and started at the beginning because he was telling me. So sorry, he needs to message me. I need to 
pick his brain for some content I can't find. Oh, okay. So yeah, Caesar, send a message to Brogan or to me, and I can we can all hook that up and figure that out. But uh, yeah, uh, I think without any other further ado, let's get on to uh, this interview. I do, and then we'll uh, come back and uh, BS some more. Listen to this shit, guys. You're gonna love it. Hello, Tacoma, Washington. Oh, how's it going, Tim? How you doing? Yeah, real good, real good. I'm up here at my friend Doug's house. He's my he's my uh, computer brain. He's got this all set up. Took us a while to dial it in. We've never used this format before, but it looks pretty cool. And and uh, and we've got 60 years of uh, of music to talk about. History of Tacoma. Oh my gosh, that's yeah, pretty we do. cool. That is so amazing. So yeah, so out now is the Ventures Stars on Guitars. You can get it on DVD. You can get it streaming everywhere. But if you go to VentureStarsOnGuitars.com, you can get all the information. Now, Tim, you are Mr. Tim Wilson. Tell me um, your um, your uh, relationship with uh, this movie and then with the Ventures. Okay, so my uh, mom and dad were first married. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, me and my sister, uh, Jill, and then... Uh, and, uh, you know, this was before the Ventures uh, knew they were ever going to be the Ventures. This was before my dad ever thought, you know, I mean, he, he was, uh, yeah, he was 20. Uh, he probably, my mom and him got married probably when my dad was like 21. And uh, by the time he was 25, you know, he, he uh, decided that he had met Bob Bogle and they wanted to learn how to play guitar because um, they both were construction workers and, and uh, doing uh uh, cement restoration and they were working out at washington state college which is Waz- wazoo now oh, okay. and uh they uh decided that they um, wanted to they both had an interest in playing a guitar they both had interest in music so they spent a lot of time in eastern washington not driving back home all the time so they'd stay there during the week and they went out and bought a couple of guitars thinking they could just get good enough to play at parties or weddings that was their motivation and so um they uh, did that. They went and bought a couple of inexpensive guitars and worked real hard. And uh, about a year and a half later, had a number two hit in the nation. And there's a lot to fill in in between. But so uh, me and my sister, Jill, are from my mom and dad. And then uh, my dad's second wife was Nancy Bacon. That is Stacy's mother. All right. She, yeah. Yeah. She's on the Walk Don't Run 64 album. And... We just found out about a year ago, which is just great news. We have a, another half sister we never knew about, and he, wow. Dad didn't know about her either. So uh, she's totally awesome, and welcome to the family. So, um, so that's how that went. And then Stacy, you know, um, we're from Tacoma. You know, we we were born and raised here. Stacy was born in 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 the Hollywood area and uh, grew up in California her whole life. So. Um, her mother, Nancy, who's on the Walk Don't Run 64 album, uh, she's the model. And oh, uh, wow. the Ventures were always known for having models on their albums. You know, people <laughs> said, yeah, I'd go out and buy a Ventures album just be- to see what girl, what model was on there. They've had Playboy bunnies on there and all all, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, um, so Stacy uh, was married for a while to a guy who uh, was a cinematographer and did a lot of the early videos for MTV, like uh, all the ZZ Top stuff and all, all oh, that shit. stuff, the MTV music videos. 
She uh, and her mother worked for Hollywood Confidential and was a model, and uh, she had written many books and was a ghostwriter. And so Stacy kind of got the bug, and um, she got into it, uh, you know, probably 20, 25 years ago. And I think by now she's probably written, I don't know, maybe 15 books and probably has about eight movies to her credit. So, you know, we, we, you know, we were always kind of curious as to why, you know, the ventures are kind of a phenomenon in so many ways, but, uh, you know, there had never been a documentary story on the ventures, the biggest selling instrumental, instrumental band in the world, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and the fact is, they've played sixty continuous years without a year off. Uh, uh, they re- they've recorded albums every year, and uh, this year's the only year that they got stifled because of COVID nineteen. It was the first uh, concert in, in sixty years that they they had to cancel, and so uh, they're rescheduling already for new shows. But. Um, so anyway, so Stacy, um, you know, we we I came up with the idea to do this this documentary, and, and and that came through going to see the Jersey Boys up at the Fifth Avenue in Seattle. Oh yeah, uh, years years and years play. ago. Oh, it was fantastic, and of course the light bulb went off in my head, and I went, "Wow, <laughs> you know, this is because at the time, you know, there was the ABBA." Uh, uh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, oh God, why can't I remember the name of that one? <laughs> Yeah, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia. Yeah, Mamma Mia. Yeah. So, yeah, Queen was doing one. ABBA had one. I think Jimi Hendrix had one. And I'm seeing the Jersey Boys. I thought, man, you know, this could be great for the Ventures, the biggest selling instrumental band of all time. And with all the material and and going from, you know, being on uh, the bandstand with Dick Clark to Shindig to all the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and everything, every accolade and everything they've gotten over the years it's in, it's crazy so anyway i went to uh the ventures manager and their uh booking agency with the idea and uh they were all over that and they thought man that is awesome what a great idea yeah, right? and kind of started pursuing it and then a lot of time went by in between and nothing quite came about came of it and so uh, we decided. Well, you know, let's uh, let's. I'm thinking we need a documentary story. That that'll you know. So um, we also went to the manager and the uh, their uh, their um, uh, entertainment uh, attorney, and uh, they found a guy who was doing documentary stories and brought him along. And we started doing some work. And then he got he had some issues that had come up, and he got himself into a bit of a situation uh, with his marriage and. Uh, he had to back out. And so then we got another company and that kind of, you know, was going along, but there were some issues there too. So anyway, at that point, you know, I'm going to my dad because, you know, we're his kids. You know, he always thinks of every, you know, other people doing stuff except for his kids, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I, I said, dad, you know, Hey, Stacy's a filmmaker. I mean, she's an excellent writer and all that. I mean, why don't we just do it ourselves? We don't need so that's just the way it went. And so I contacted Stacy and let her know that dad had agreed to us doing it. And she, of course, is the filmmaker. So she headed the whole thing up. But, you know, we uh, helped along the way with uh, a lot of things and especially contacts because, you know, we all know a lot of different artists and uh, uh, over the years. And so, um, you know, we worked on it. And and, and I'm, I'm just really impressed with Stacy that the, the, the you know, it took a few years, but, you know, she really got it done pretty fast. She had a, an idea in her head, and, and she went with it, and I thought it turned out really good. Uh, it's it's quite a uh, 
uh, interesting and fun to watch. Uh, I think all of us have some interest in music, and 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 I, I'm 61, so I mean I, that goes back to, you know, where you know I was listening to Led Zeppelin and you know Heart and you know uh, you know a lot of those guys that are in that uh, documentary, of course, uh, Creedence Clearwater, and so it's been kind of very, uh, it's been quite interesting growing up with with those people, and you know when I was growing up, you know, I mean, of course, you know, like I was telling you, my my dad. Um, you know, being a musician was not his. He never had a, a a desire or dream to become a musician until he was twenty five, and yeah. uh, you know, so him and Bob went and bought those guitars, and they played every chance they had. Dad said every time we, you know, we had a break, we just we we wanted it real bad. He said so. You know, it didn't take them long, and then they started getting good enough to play at a party in a wedding, and then next, you know, they're playing in downtown Tacoma at. Uh, you know, at uh, clubs, uh, the Battle of the Bands and different things where they would see the Whalers and Little Bill and, uh, oh, you know, and um, uh, different artists. And that's where they met Noki. Noki Edwards happened to be living in Tacoma. He uh, had Buck Owens lived here at the time, Buck Owens. And uh, uh, Noki was a buckaroo. He played with Buck. And uh, so anyway, he started sitting in with Adventures and uh, they were – because they started playing at 25, and Noki had started playing when he was six years old, and Noki was quite a prodigy. They were like, like, wow, who who is this guy? You know, so they they brought him on, and he agreed to come and play. And um, the one thing led to another, and so two guys at 25 years old that just bought guitars and chord books, never took a lesson. They meet Noki Edwards, uh, you know, because they didn't know. And Noki Edwards, Noki ended up playing bass on the first four albums because. My dad played rhythm and lead, and Bob played rhythm and lead, and they didn't know a bass player or a drummer at the time. So uh, my dad always says, you know, it's because we had to make up for that. And it just <laughs> Bob and I playing rhythm and lead, we had to make up for bass and drum. We, we played real percussion-y. And he said that really, uh, he okay. thinks, added to, you know, their their sound. And so Noki came along, and next, you know, two guys, you know, three guys, and then they, you know, picked up a drummer. and um, you know, a year and a half later, had a number two hit in the nation. I mean, it's it's quite a story uh, at that age. And then, you know, it's not like like Noki uh, had uh, at six years old. You know, he had played in, you know, what happens? You start playing guitar, let's say, at 12, 13, 14. You, you learn to play. You get pretty good. You get together with a couple of your friends. You form a little band, and then you grow out of that, and you go on to the next band and the next band, and you get better in every band. But my dad and Bob never played in another band their entire life. They they were just the ventures <laughs> their whole life. And I mean, this took like this took them around the world. It was one of those things that yeah, they were um, they were popular, but it was it was a, a a worldwide appeal when it came down to it. Well, it really was, you know, and uh, that's one thing that saved them, I think, from the British invasion was um, the fact that you know I've always said that the ventures um, uh, they have a style and a sound. And um, no matter who you are, what country you're from, there's no language barrier. It's all about the music. You know, yeah. it's all about that sound. And so you're not trying to figure out what the words are. The words don't get in the way. And it's just flat out very strong music because, it, if, you know, when you're the number one biggest selling Ismail band in the world, every part has to be spot on and damn good. 
So every one of those guys had to really play their part very well. And there's some magic involved there. I mean, I think of sometimes the way Bob and my dad met and they met Noki and the way things going, not just the ventures, other bands too. There's, um, it's almost like it was meant to be. It was almost like, you know, very interesting. And it's like, it's, I'm really excited to see this. Um, I'm excited. The fact that you can go, uh, venture stars and guitars.com to check it out, but it's streaming everywhere. You can get it on iTunes. I just, I ended up following uh, Stacy right now on uh, Twitter because I want to retweet some of all that stuff and get the promotion out there that way. Super, super stoked for all of this. And I mean, even like people don't realize like what they like, how much of an influence that they had on people. And this documentary really does show that as well, too. Well, the one thing that we're really excited about, and you kind of hit it right on the head right there. Um, You know, <laughs> Uh, as an instrumental band, I feel like um, uh, the general public or people that don't play an instrument, um, you know, we all have an instrument and that's called our voice. And uh, we all have that. And we all like to sing and we all like singing and shower in your car or wherever. And, and so, you know, I, I was telling dad, you know, you know, the thing is people grasp onto the voice. Now, if, you like to say I use this example like Led Zeppelin. Let's say uh, if you went to somebody, the average guy maybe doesn't play an instrument or anything. You said, you know, who's the lead singer of of, uh, of Led Zeppelin? Oh, Robert Plant. Well, who's the guitar player or the drummer? Or they they usually won't know. Yeah. And so if if there's no voice to hook onto, people struggle with. But when you tell them, you know, if I, I'll say sometimes this is a, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go I like I'll go to somebody and say, hey. Uh, yeah, yeah, my dad's a musician. Oh, really? He's in a band? Yeah, he's in a band. I, what's the name of the band? I go, The Ventures. And they'll say, The Who? I said, No, not The Who, The Ventures. <laughs> because a lot of people don't recognize the name, but when you say Hawaii Five O, yeah. Walk, Don't Run, Telstar, Perfidia, Pipeline, you know, uh, you know, and then you you mentioned, you know, a lot of so many movies and TV shows and commercials they've had songs in. So the thing is, I think that a lot of people there's just such a story to tell here. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much to this story and, and it, it's really an amazing story. And, and, and especially the fact that, you know, uh, unless you're like a musician or a, a music aficionado, you know, who really understands the music. Now, back in the day, back in Tacoma, Washington, downtown, when the Ventures were playing clubs, you know, there was the Whalers and there was other bands, but rock and roll back then was a guitar player, a bass player, a drummer, a keyboard, a saxophone player, and a singer. And people told the ventures, you know what? You guys are never going to make it. You don't have a sax player. You don't have a keyboard player and you don't have a singer. Yeah. You know, you're, you're never going to make it. There's like, no such thing as a three piece guitar band, you know, with this rock and roll. So, but anyways, as it turns out, walk, don't run just influenced so many, so many, uh, famous guitar players. It just caught the, captured the imagination i mean i know you know famous artists like joe walsh who says man you know i heard walk don't run it changed my life i mean that's a that's a very that inspired that song inspired people to go out and buy a guitar yeah and it was like i mean even just the ventures themselves because i mean the the, the albums they put out are prolific and i'll just like i'll state right now like i feel that if you are anybody who if you have a vinyl collection i feel that you should be able to and it's really simple to buy uh, to find a Ventures album out there. Uh, we've got the one that has a lot of the the, the theme song covers, which is just fantastic. Yep. I love yes, that one. Yes, yes. 
And it's like yeah, TV themes. And but beyond that, just in having all of the TV stuff or even just their own instrumentals, they they actually put out like how to play albums. Yeah, you know, they had the first <laughs> ever, and it's, I don't think it's ever been done since, but they had an instructional album. Yeah. Learn to play learn to play guitar with adventures, and they had a uh you know, one with Bob Bogle and uh teaching somebody the bass on the cover. They had one with Noki teaching somebody lead, and one with the, my dad Don Wilson teaching rhythm. And then they had two other ones that came out that were just general learn to play guitars. And uh, I got a picture of, you know, Aerosmith are big fans <laughs> of the <laughs> ventures. And I just got a text from um, uh, John Benelli, who's their manager. He stays in touch with us. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, you know, we've had backstage passes and a bunch of tickets oh, to go see them. But anyway, they're big fans. And, um, and so they, you know, like we have a, we have a guitar company and, you know, they let us use their images and, uh, you know, these people have always all been so kind. I mean, and so generous because, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for the ventures, I think a lot of these, these people, oh, so Tom Hamilton, the bass player sent me a picture of him holding up his learn to play guitar by the oh. ventures instructional album, because that's, I guess that's the way he learned to play, but it was the first, the first, um, instrumental, um, albums instruction albums to ever hit the charts and it's never been done since so i mean there's so many so many things that uh the ventures have because they were kind of like pioneers in the rock and roll world uh there's so many things they were the first to do that it's it's crazy now i'm just got up <laughs> now with you tim i'm kind of curious just because i mean did you grow up all around this and was it just something uh, in your life yeah. So, you know, when, um, you know, uh, you know, here you go, you're, you know, a construction worker and you're, you know, you had, uh, actually, you know, I mean, my dad didn't grow up rich or, or there weren't musicians in the family. And, and so, um, you know, when that whole ventures thing took off, well, you know, of course it changed his life and our lives. And, uh, it, uh, my mom and dad's marriage didn't survive. And, um, and my dad was gone all the time. And, and yeah. matter of fact, you know, their first recordings were in West Seattle at Joe Bull's studio. <laughs> and then, um, which where a ton of people recorded there. And the guy was amazing. I mean, just not Northwest, but Duke Ellington and, uh, got so many other artists, wow. but anyway, so when that became a hit, it, it was just like, boom. And so Tacoma was not where the action was, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so they, they had, they realized they had to relocate to Los Angeles. That's where the action was. And so by that time, you know, it was getting pretty tough. Uh, the relationship was getting pretty tough because, you know, nobody saw this coming and, and it changed a lot of things. So with that being said, growing up, um, yeah, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't really, none of us were really a part of it, you know, growing yeah, up. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, really the first time hearing, you know, because, you know, the ventures were before my time, really. And, uh, and so, but I remember hearing Hawaii Five O and the, uh, school at school, junior high school over the, in 1969, uh, over the, uh, the radio. It's the first time I really heard my dad on the radio and kind of went, wow. Oh, wow. You know, and so, so but anyways, yeah. And so, you know, we go down and, and hang out, of course, with dad. My very first concert was with my dad at the uh, Hollywood Bowl. 
and saw the Carpenters and Hamilton, Joe Frank and Reynolds. And my dad was hanging out with all those guys. And uh, so that was, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I was kind of a shy kid. And, and, and so, you know, I was kind of tagging along. And, but, you know, we were, we've been able to do some amazing things and, and meet amazing people and be a part of, of some real cool stuff, my, my sisters and me. It's just like, yeah, it seems like like you you have so many stories. It's so freaking amazing, dude. I'm glad, I'm glad that you reached out to us because, uh, like, we would be remiss if we weren't able to be able to talk about, like, seriously, like, one of the most worldwide legendary bands that have come from Tacoma. And we've talked about them previously, but to have you on to be able to give these stories is just fantastic, man. Like, seriously, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, there's a lot of them, man, I'll tell you. And I, and I, I love talking about it. And, and with the guitar company and all, you know, I get calls all the time. I mean, we sold guitars to uh, Jacob Dillon. We sold guitars to, uh, you know, uh, George Sherry, who wrote Lay Down Sally, toured with Eric Clapton. I get calls from... Elton John's bass player, Eric Clapton's people. I mean, you know, we we uh, we just sold, sent a guitar to um, Brad Paisley. Oh, you know, he's a big fan. But the Ventures influence every kind of music. Well, tell, I mean, tell me the, about tell me a little bit about the uh, guitar company. Don't gloss over it. Do a little promo on that. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I I was in the restaurant business for a long time, and I owned a restaurant in Issaquah, Washington, and uh, uh, for a long time. And, and then I sold that and got cashed out. And, uh, you know, um, I always kind of, you know, started getting more interested in the ventures. And so in 1963, the ventures did an endorsement, their very first ever guitar endorsement. <clears throat> and that's a great story too. That's the most right guitar, but they were, um, they, um, were pro- uh, approached by semi Mosley to do an endorsement deal uh and so they they did it was a business deal but that was their first endorsement in 1963 and that ran its course and by 1967 they were out of that deal and the next endorsement they did was aria guitars and uh, out of japan because you know i think you know it's in the movie that the ventures outsold the beatles two to one in japan in the beatles hate in the beatles heyday and um uh, the ventures are just huge in Japan. I mean, they've been able to tour their 60 continuous years with packed houses all the time. And they tour every part of Japan. They they play every small town, every big town, every wherever, because that's just the way it was. You know, they in the early days, they would tour Japan and uh, they'd be there for three or four months. One time, I think he said they did 180 shows in 70 some days. They would do three shows, have to do three shows at a time with people lined up around the block for every show. And so anyway, so um, at one point in time, I sold my restaurant. I thought, you know what, dad, you know, we should start our own guitar company. And, and, you know, instead of just getting endorsement, let's, let's just do the whole thing. Let's just take on the project. So, so we did. And that was in uh, 2003. And, um, and so, you know, um, we uh, started talking to some of our friends. If you go to the website, you'll see, you know, uh, Joe Perry and Tom Hamilton on there. You'll see Spencer Davis, who just passed away, bless his heart. Jeff Skunk Baxter from Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers. Um, other great artists on there, too. Jeff Cook from the band Alabama. I mean, he's a Monster <laughs> Ventures fan, and a lot of country artists are. And the Ventures also, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a funny thing, like the band Anthrax. You know, I, I've got one of their CDs, oh, and uh, yeah. in the liner notes, it says, uh, one of the songs, it says, nobody, 
understands what an influence Don Wilson and Noki Edwards had on what's known as thrash music. I mean, who who would have thought that? Wow. Yeah. You know, and then right. you got you got you know at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame backstage, you got Billy Joel walking up to Dad, going, "Don, Walk Don't Run" was one of the first songs I learned on the piano. On the you piano, know? wow. Uh, Keith Moon was a huge Ventures fan. I mean, you just, I mean, they come out of the woodwork. I mean, you don't even see him coming. Uh, you know, I mean, I know Eddie Van Halen just died in his book. You know, he says that, you know, his uh, he wanted to be a drummer, bought a drum kit, but he had to get a paper out to pay for it, and whenever he. You know, get off, get home from school, go do his paper, come back, and his brother Alex was playing the drums and damn good at it. He said he had Wipeout down. And he says, so I knew right there I couldn't be a drummer. I had to go buy a guitar. <laughs> so he goes, I went and bought a guitar, and first song I played was Walk, Don't Run. And, uh, you know, so many stories like that. I mean, you know, Dad is so humble. I don't think my dad even realizes, really, the influence he's had on 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 the world of music and and. You know, all over. I mean, we get calls from, you know, uh, Finland, Italy, France, you know, all over. He still gets a ton of fan mail. I mean, and he's he's uh, 87, going to be 88, you know, uh, next month. Or, I mean, in February. Wow. So it's 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 incredible that, you know, 60 years later, just you know. Making all- it, yeah, and it's just like making everybody's, like, just fantastic, like, it gets people in that creative energy as well too. Like being able to share that and spread that is almost even like, I mean, doing everything and becoming famous and all of that. But I mean, just being able to go out there and hang out and do and have that experience for so long. Well, I think one of the things right. that, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, Oh yeah. Uh, this is, this is Jeff. And I was going to say uh, the first, <laughs> hi. So uh, when you tell anybody from Tacoma, you're not going to be able to do something. They're going to be able to do it. So to to tell like the ventures, you're never going to go anywhere because you're a three piece, you know? It's right. Like, uh, yeah. You just don't want to do that to anybody from Tacoma. And <laughs> right, also I'm a big, right. I, I love, <laughs> I love guitars. And honestly, I could trace all the music that I love back to the ventures, you know, and, and the surf sound through like the beach movies. And then I oh discovered gosh, I wanted yeah. to be a beaten. Right. I wanted to be a beatnik. And then I discovered like the hot rod sound and then it went to rockabilly and then it went to punk and up to my favorite band, Motorhead. You, you know, you're absolutely um, right. And I don't even have to strain. It's not even like six, you know, six degrees of separation. There's less than one degree of separation to any to the type of music genres back to the ventures. And I think that's great. You know. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, George Harrison, you know, credited the Ventures as, you know, one of his, the bands that he, you know, really attached to him because he was right at the right age at the right time. And a lot of people say, yeah, you can hear the Ventures music and Beatles music. You can hear George Harrison playing, you know, kind of a, a ventures sound. The Beach Boys certainly, you know, uh, were influenced by the Ventures. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who wasn't? Really, They there's an old saying that my dad told me that, you know, if you weren't influenced by the ventures, you're influenced by somebody who was influenced by the ventures. You know? <laughs> Something pretty cool that happened exactly. to me this morning when I was you know, telling the family, hey, leave me alone. I'm going to be in the back office doing a podcast episode. And I go, oh, who are you interviewing? You know, I always tell them and they kind of, you know, they, they have a varying degree of interest, let's say. And I told all oh, the ventures and all this and like, who? I'm like, oh, believe me, if you know the you'd know the songs if you heard them and i just looked over to alexa and i said alexa play the ventures and it they knew every one of those songs yeah. and they're 11 and 14 years old right <laughs> like that is so cool 
Yes. Well, you know, they had movie. Uh, they had a song, of course, in uh, Madagascar, and a lot of kids. And you know, I'll tell you that is interesting what you just said because you know they're a sixty-year-old band, and when I go to uh, different places, and uh, you know, I have a friend, uh, Jay Roberts. His dad was one of the Wrecking Crew, Howard Roberts. You know, he lives uh, up here in the Issaquah area, and uh, Jay has uh, a school. And they teach surf and in their classes. But I mean, I'll be somewhere like they'll have the school of rock showing or something, and and I'll see some real great young guitar player, and I, he gets off the stage, and I'll walk up and hand him a guitar pick that says the Ventures on one side and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Don Wilson on the other, and they'll they'll look at the pick and they'll go, Oh man, the Ventures! I love the Ventures. It's like you you know, it's like wow, that's cool. You know, eighteen years old, nineteen years old, and they're into the uh, the Ventures. You know. Because the music is fun. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, Dad always said, our music is fun. It's it's uplifting, and, and it, it's inspiring. It makes you feel like you want to go buy a guitar. You feel like you hear that music, you feel like, I can do that. I can do oh, that. Oh, I made my 11-year-old dance. I mean, it was <laughs> – nice. she, was, she was in. She was, <laughs> it was great. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. I love hearing that. Even my first amp that I really bought was just a little crate, but it had reverb on it. And I cranked. I always had the reverb. Just turned it up to ten, and it didn't cost a lot to start. And I know there's a lot more technical stuff going on with the sound, but to even get that close to the sound that I heard them play was like, oh my god, this is it. You could do it, you know. Yeah, and you know, I'll tell you that that's an important fact too. I mean, we just keep going every time you guys say something, it brings up an important <laughs> fact that you know back then, you know now. For people to get a lot of those sounds, they have to use uh, electronics. You know, they have that, that little suitcase they open up with all these different equipment in there that they can turn on and off, and, and they use their, the foot pedal to get the whammy bar sound. And But, you know, the Ventures back then, that's, there was none of that stuff. They had to right. create sounds. They had to bend strings. They had to use the reverb and the delay. They had to use that whammy bar. You know, and, 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 you know, they had to, to, to learn all of the, 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 the things, the different things that it's, it's, it's almost impossible for people to do today. Even when I see someone with a venture style Morris, uh, most right guitar, yes. I think that's the band I'm going to listen to because they understand, you know. Right. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, dad was saying that, you know, his favorite guitar was the Fender Jazzmaster. And, you know, that's. You know, him and Bob, um, you know, when they uh, uh, decided to go and learn how to want to learn how to play the guitar, they bought like a Stella guitar. Dad said the strings were an inch from the fretboard. He said, it, you know, and then and he goes, you know, and then finally they, they got good enough to where let's get rid of these and go get some silver tones from Sears, you know, get a couple of silver tone guitars. And, and then they got better. And it happened to be downtown Tacoma and and uh go went into the pawn shop and there were two fender guitars in there and they were like stars they were like stars in the ride they're like oh my god you know we we've got to have these you know we can't afford them but we got to have them <laughs> so so uh so they found a way to borrow the money or something and got them and and uh and so you know dad uh and a funny story uh just there's so many but you know they bought those those fenders and uh and so, uh, you know, they recorded Walk, Don't Run, and, and they had moved down to Los Angeles, still had those guitars. And uh, Fender calls up Dad one day and says, uh, hey, Don, uh, you know, we've really seen a spike in our sales of Jazzmaster. Because when Jazzmaster came out, a lot of people said, well, it's a Jazzmaster. I don't play jazz. 
you know, it's a jazz right. guitar. <laughs> so people didn't buy it. It was the sales were not doing very well. But then, you know, so many people heard the ventures and started calling up Fender or who, whatever guitars they're playing to find out, you know, what kind of guitars they're playing. They want, they want one. And, uh, and so, uh, they, he called dad to say, wow, you know, we've seen a big uptick in our sales on Fen on, on our Fender jazz bass. We want to thank you guys, you know, um, Jeff mm-hmm. Baxter, you know, he was in the ventures fan club. Uh, uh, Gene Simmons was in the ventures fan club when he was a kid. I mean, <laughs> Jeff Baxter says, what? yeah, I was, uh, I heard the ventures. I joined the fan club and I want to learn how to play the guitar. I wrote to Bob Bogle, wrote to the ventures. He said, and asked him what kind of guitar I should buy. And, Bob Bogle writes me back and says, yeah, go out and get yourself a jazz master, Fender jazz master. <laughs> nice. you know, I mean, it's just crazy. Oh, I love it. Crazy. Yeah. And, and they also on stage for, you know, there's nothing catching on fire or anything. They're the main focus. And I really thought that's cool because I've been to a, a lot of concerts and in, in closer venues, not like auditoriums or anything like that. But, um, I like the bands where I feel like I'm the only one in the room, you know, and they're because they're, they're connecting with me on that musical level. And I'm talking, these are like punk shows, you know, but still until yes. somebody bumps into me and take, takes me out of it. But they have that. You're talking about just a little bit of magic, you know, to make things work. And they did have it where they can capture the attention of an entire auditorium, not to mention, uh, a, you know, in Japan where there's so many barriers, you know, and they could break through that. That's really something special, you know. That that's that it factor you're like born with or whatever, you know. Yeah, well, a lot of lot of lot of musicians or famous musicians have said it's the magic charisma, whatever it is. You know, when the Ventures um, started getting popular, uh, when they walked around, became a hit here, and it was it was um, they got asked to go to Japan to because they were on Liberty Records, and so was. Bobby V, he was kind of a teen idol back in the day. Uh, he was discovered uh, when uh, when uh, Buddy Holly's plane crashed. He was, uh, I think it was in Minnesota or something like that. And uh, Bobby V was a guy who did uh, a tribute or played uh, Buddy Holly music. And so they, the show went on and they called up Bobby V and asked him if he would come out and play that show uh, that was still you know scheduled to play. So he did, and that's how he got discovered. And then, um, you know, uh, so he got very popular, Bobby V. And so he was going to Japan with a gal named Joanne Campbell that was apparently in some surf movies and stuff. And she was a singer. And um, and him, Dad and Bob went over to back them in Japan because being an instrumental band, they could back different people. And uh, and so they went to Japan the first year, backed them, and then got asked to come back the next year because they discovered Walk, Don't Run, the Japanese had, just loved it. And so Dad said we flew into Japan and plane landed, and he goes, there was like 10,000 people standing out on the tarmac and up on the uh, buildings. <laughs> they were all holding up signs, and Dad and Bob were going, wow, who's on this plane, man? Who's?" <laughs> and there were all signs that says, welcome the ventures, you know. And, uh, and so, yeah, Japan has just been an incredible, incredible, uh, uh, market and venue for, for the ventures. They've just, uh, the Japanese adore them and they adored the Japanese and it was quite a relationship. Awesome. Damn. It's just, it's so much, yeah, it's I just like so much it. fun to just yeah. to hear you talk about all of this. I mean, I could just like, 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 like you probably have a story for every day of the year. You know, 
it's so true. I wish I couldn't say. I mean that. I mean, like even when I just listen to the radio and and hear songs on there, the people that recorded with the Ventures, you know, early on, of course, you know, people don't realize it. You know, Glenn Campbell recorded. Uh, was a studio musician. He recorded on Ventures Records. Hal Blaine did. Uh, the Ventures were the first ones to ever have David Gates from Bread when nobody knew who he was. It was long before Bread and Leon Russell play on their records before anybody ever knew who they were uh uh, 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 uh edgar winter played on ventures records before anybody knew who he was you know i mean it's just uh just crazy stuff man crazy stuff this is amazing. but you know that. there was that yeah, there was one time when the ventures had five lps in the top 100 at one time the ventures they've had uh uh what was it uh like 37 albums. Uh, let me see here. I got some of this written down. There's so much. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. The Ventures uh, charted 37 albums in the U.S. Dude. to the Beatles 36 on Billboard uh, Billboard magazine. So, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I mean that's yeah. just take, the tip of the iceberg of, take of that, all of that. Take that, England and Beatlemania. We got right. you. <laughs> you know, yeah. Talking all this, talking all this Tacoma. What neighborhood did they live in in Tacoma? I'm just yeah, now I'm curious. South Tacoma, South Tacoma. My dad grew up in South Tacoma, and, and of course, my dad's dad owned used car lots around that area. But right. yeah, he lived on 38th and Montgomery, uh, which we know the oh. people who live there now. Uh, yeah, so you know, Justin and I do very well. Yeah, yeah. we're by Costco. Uh huh. We went by uh, there one day because, you know, Dad and I, we were going to uh, Dawson's to see uh, Harvey and Linda play. And Harvey had, uh, he had a connection to Mel Taylor. So he actually toured one year uh, with the Ventures when one of them took, it might have been my dad, took a little bit of time off, maybe a year or a half a year here in the United States. And we went to see them, and so we drove by Dad's ha- old house he grew up in because I had never seen it. And I don't know why, because all my friends, I went to Mount Tahoma, Baker, and Bernie. So all my friends uh, lived, grew up in that area. So we go by his house, his old house, and I get out and I'm taking pictures of the house. And this lady comes out and says, uh, excuse me, can I help you? And I said, uh, oh, I said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm with my dad. He grew up in this house, and now he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he's the biggest selling stuff from Tacoma. She said, what? What? <laughs> I, and so she goes, come up here, come in, come in my house for a minute. You know, so dad oh, said, cool. So we went in there and dad showed me his old room and where he slept and where he snuck out of the house and you know all this kind of stuff back in the day. And they were just in awe. So what they've done now is they've put up a, a little library called the Ventures Library outside in the, you know, one of those little boxes. Uh, and then they also have a uh, wow. a pantry that it would like the walk don't run pantry <laughs> outside. Oh, so they're they're all in. But it was just such a. Can you imagine no. living in a house that somebody comes up and tells you that uh, you're living in a house that you know that uh, a very famous musician grew up in? <laughs> Pretty That's funny, amazing. Well, and I mean, even like we uh, like Brogan was talking about how uh, the uh, the kiddos were really excited just to hear the music and like, oh, it's cool that you're on. I got a message. I got a call. One of our buddies who's been on the podcast a ton of times, uh, Rusty, uh, he never really calls me, but he called when he found out because he wanted um, him and his mom, BJ, wanted to say hi to you because apparently they know you from the past. 
So you've had your own like uh, sort of whole thing going on out around here, too. So, I mean, people are excited to have that for us to have you on the podcast as well. Yes, I I've, I certainly know a lot of people and had uh, made a lot of great relationships. And, and I've, I still hang out with friends from when I went to uh, Aeros, uh, went to Vegas to see Aerosmith at the MGM Park Theater, whatever, outstanding. And, of course, you know, I had backstage passes and all that stuff. And there was 20 of my friends from grade school, junior high school and high school that went went along, went with me. So I still see. As a matter of fact, tonight we're going to show the movie. Uh, with about 20 of my friends from from school so i still hang out with all my nice. buddies yeah well, i love that you're going to dawson's man i love dawson's <laughs> oh yeah dawson's man and uh you know that was uh you know it's coming along down there slowly but surely but of course you know we used to go to the stone gate and all, all those places yeah. down there and and uh, kind of hang but we uh you know the back 40 was a big big place to hang back then and so oh my that's all we did you know was go to music music clubs and, uh, I mean, I remember seeing Robert Cray playing at the back 40 and I'm with a friend and my friend Scott is like going like, who are these guys? What are they doing here? And this is before you know he was ever discovered and I'm going, yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. But about a year or two years later, they were discovered, you know, he was discovered, but, uh, so many great acts out of the Tacoma area, you know, back in the sixties. You know, grunge put Seattle and Washington State on the map. But long before grunge, they called it, as like Billy Bob said, long before grunge, there was garage. And it was yeah. called garage music, you know. And there was the Whalers and the Ventures and Little Bill and the Sonics and Kings. Kingsman and oh, yeah. Paul Revere Raiders and so many great and artists Cosby. out of the Northwest that never quite got the notoriety that grunge got. But it was it's it's been here. And that's, I mean, even in the Pacific Northwest, and I mean, especially in Tacoma, there's always been, I mean, there are some great bands now that, I mean, are a lot of the times over the course of the years, there might be, you know, on the cusp of doing something great, but just the way the music industry is, it gets overlooked. And even, I mean, hell, everyone wants to be like, yeah, Nirvana, great Seattle band. Technically, they're not from Seattle, but everything gets kind of lumped into that. And if you want to say you're from Tacoma, you get, I don't want to say like shunned or anything, but you just don't get that recognition. Yeah, that's probably absolutely true. You know, as a matter of fact, they say, you know, they, 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 Nirvana is a Seattle band. No, they're a lot closer to Tacoma than they are Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Especially with mindset and everything too. If you think about that, we had a lot of good, I mean, we've talked with, uh, uh, Isaac, uh, uh Larson about oh, Isaac Olson. Yeah. Isaac. Isaac Olson. Yeah. About his, uh, the, uh, with, uh, yes, with girl his family. Trouble. Yeah. With girl trouble and, uh, that right. strictly sacred, which was the video about that. And I mean, he's even worked on some venture stuff with the Peterson brothers, um, I'm just glad that people are putting out stuff to recognize that, you know, there not only are, you know, do we have influential bands that come from here, but we might have the most influential bands. Yes to that for sure. I mean, I know that the Whalers, man, I mean, you know, I went to see uh, Bruce Springsteen, man, and the Whalers were Backst Buck and Kent and the guys were all backstage and uh, uh, I know that Van Morrison, big big time fan of of the Whalers. I mean, they had a sound, an incredible sound, and the Sonics too. I mean, very influential. I mean, no question about it. You know, Little Bill. I mean, he's been a you know he toured with the Ventures way back when with Bobby V, the Ventures, and Little Bill. And oh my gosh, yeah. Now, now doing uh, how much research did you have to do? 
um, while the movie after, you know, you know, we're making this movie now. I do, do need to do more research or did you have a lot of that groundwork already done just by, you know, having known, um, you know, the ventures all of your life on that? Um, or did you find anything else like super cool as you were digging deeper to, to make the movie? Ooh, that's a good question. Always discovering stuff still. I mean, there's people out there that are, you know, fanatic fans that know way more about the ventures than I do, and I know a lot. But um, but there's people that know way more of the technical side of things and whatnot. And and you know, I'm always humbled and learning. I, I went and bought a uh I mean, this is this kind of stuff, you know. I'm at a I'm at a UCD an album store, uh going back now, maybe I don't know, maybe ten years. Anyway, so I'm thumbing through the used cds and i i'm in the led zeppelin section thumbing thumbing and all of a sudden i see this look like uh you know a homemade uh cd but uh, uh cd and it says big letters walk don't run and at the top in little letters it says led zeppelin yeah and i went i went whoa whoa whoa, whoa wait a minute what what so i'm looking at it and it was like 40 dollars a bootleg but i knew that jimmy page was a big venture fan i thought i can't leave without this <laughs> So I buy it. I take it home and put it on. And it's in 1971 at the Great Western Forum. And back then, you know, you had to sneak in a tape recorder with a microphone. You know, it was not like phones or anything today. And so anyways, uh, sure enough, man, a guy comes out. You know, here they are. They're warming up on stage. Like when I was a kid, when you went to it, there was no sound check. It was all warm up on stage. Maybe go back and have a shot of tequila and then come back out and and, uh, do the show. So Guy comes out, the announcer says, I'd like to introduce to you Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, Led Zeppelin. And they go right into Walk, Don't Run. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. But, you know, so anyways, you know, stuff like that comes along. You don't, you know, you don't know. I'm always learning stuff. So we had a lot of information and, and we knew a lot of the artists that were, you know, big fans of the ventures and you know, um, Stacy has done a lot of stuff. As, another kind of funny story was uh, she was doing a lot of red carpet reviews like she did at Might Get Loud. Uh, she did uh, the red carpet for Bad Santa. And that's how, you know, we met. <laughs> that's how we met Billy Bob. So okay, what happened yeah. was she was doing the red carpet for uh, Bad Santa. And my dad always said, hey, listen, Stacy, I'm going to send you some signed CDs. And when you're, you know, doing interviews, or whatever, if you come across anybody who might, you know, you know, know who the ventures are, uh, give them a CD. So anyways, she knew that Billy Bob Thornton was a big ventures fan. Of course, everybody knows, you know, he played with the nitty gritty dirt band and, you know, he yeah. was a musician long he, before, and he long even, before he was an actor. He even recently and just he was a roadie and all that too, stuff. Yeah. So, so here comes, uh, so she, she, so she took a couple DVD CDs with her. Here comes Billy Bob and, uh, you know, uh, Cloris Leachman and all these different people. And she's <laughs> interviewing them and here comes Billy Bob and. He walks up to her and he goes, how are you doing? She goes, he, she goes, good. How are you doing? He goes, yeah, good. And she goes, well, these are for you. And hands him a couple <laughs> of CDs. He looks down, looks at him, he looks up at her and he says, wow. He goes, you must know I'm the biggest Ventures fan on the planet. And she says, oh, well, these are from my dad. And he goes, what? Who's your dad? Who's your dad? And she says, Don Wilson. And he looks right into the camera with a shit-eating grin. He goes, Don's your dad? And then he, looks, he looks over at the manager and he says, get her phone number. Get her phone number. So anyways, that's how that happened. You oh, know, and pretty amazing. soon, you know, I mean, he invited the Ventures to come down there. He bought, he bought a house in uh, Beverly Hills that was owned by uh cecil b demille but then slash bought the house 
Slash put a recording studio in it, and then Billy Bob bought it from Slash. And so he had this recording studio. So anyways, this is the kind of stuff that's funny. So Dad, uh, so Billy Bob's there, and uh, one day Tim McGraw was there and Tommy Shaw from Sticks. And Tommy Shaw's his friend, and, and Tim McGraw and him were in a movie together, like Friday Night Lights or something like that. So anyways, uh, he had called the Ventures, and they agreed to come down and, and do some recording with him. And so he tells uh, he tells uh, Tim McGraw, he says, yeah, man, I got the Ventures coming down here uh, to record with me. And Tim McGraw says, you mean the Ventures? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so. Wow. But that's how some of those relationships happen. And, you know, so many of these famous people, you know, you never forget somebody who inspired you or or yeah. you're doing something somebody else did that you became famous doing. You don't forget that. And I have to say, these people have been nothing but gracious and kind, and they're just lovely people. And, uh, and, and, and you know, I mean, they're happy to tell their story. And there's a lot more. That's still just... Justin and Robbie and Isaac, you know, and 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 uh, Leonard Haggerty, they uh, they've been working on this documentary story for ten years. They actually yeah. flew to Japan, and uh, they've been g- gathering information for a long time. Their movie will be very complimentary to ours. It'll be a lot more definitive, um, but it's going to be great. Absolutely, there's some talented dudes too. Oh, very talented, very talented. Yes, sir. And that's and you know. And yes. that's what I love so much about it. It's just like, it's like not one or the other. You want to watch both of these. And I'm so glad to have both of them out there because you want the word to go out there and I, you want everyone to see all of this. And like even being able to see, uh, see stars on guitars and then walk, don't run. Like it'll be yeah. so much fun. Oh my gosh. Yes. No, I am so excited about it. It's like a part two and this part <laughs> one here, this uh, stars on guitars it is going to make people want to see Walk Don't Run big time. And I mean, people can get Stars on Guitars now, uh, well, like basically everywhere. But you can go to uh, VentureStarsOnGuitars.com to get the information. We got, we have the links all. We'll have the links all up on all of this and everywhere because, like, I just I'm so so stoked just to be able to talk to you about all of this. And again, like seriously, thank you for reaching out to us and wanting to uh, to, to find our little uh, podcast and uh, making it happen, man. Well, I'm so excited to hear from you guys. I mean, well, I'm, we're all about <laughs> T-Town, you know, and where it started. And uh, a lot of people, like I said, man, a lot of people I'll be talking to and I'll come up with, uh, you know, uh, my dad's in a band. Uh, what band? Oh, The Ventures. The Ventures? Oh, you from California? It's like, no, <laughs> not from California, man. We're from Tacoma. <laughs> well, and it's like everyone is like, oh, you know, yeah, the surf rock band. But it's like, no, I mean, yes, but no. Like they they did so much more as well. Yeah, doesn't that like being called a surf? He didn't want to be pigeonholed. He he they called themselves an instrumental rock band that played surf music. Played <laughs> some surf music. Because they did country albums, they did a disco album, they did classical albums, they did uh blues albums. Uh you know, there's nothing that they didn't do. There's nothing they couldn't do. And so they didn't want to be pigeonholed as a surf band, although that music um certainly you know, they were so good at it and they had such a sound that uh, they say that there was no coined phrase surf music until the Ventures' second album came out called surfing. And then they call, started calling it surf music. Also, I, I, uh, like, uh, like the spaghetti Western type yes. of, uh, music too. Oh, Clint and, Eastwood. Again, another, yeah. You know, a long it, time ago. Like 
Uh, go ahead. Well, they had a uh, their. Um, so they had gone to a couple different people when they were first trying to get started and, and trying to get them to listen to Walk, Don't Run. And um, like, again, it was uh, for a record producer. Uh, it was they didn't know how to they weren't sure, you know, it was risky. Yeah. They weren't sure what it was. They, they didn't know. What is this? I never heard anything like this. And so anyways, uh, they ended up, uh, uh, Bob Reisdorf ended up being their producer and, and, and manager and all that. And so, uh, he was from New York, but he said one day, uh, dad said, we're in the studio playing way back in the early sixties and Rowdy Yates came in to watch us record, uh, Clint Eastwood back in the day. I mean, isn't that funny? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's the key to the spaghetti western stuff, you know. I guess that I don't know. Sense. Okay. Right. Now, also, I mean, on that term, like you were just talking about, like hard for them to get out. Like, how did how did the ventures get like airplay or anything like that? How did they uh, get popular? Because it seems like coming out from Tacoma, and we already talked about that, it would be difficult in any case anyway. But they had to start somewhere. Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that. Um. There was uh they when they were when they first came out they called themselves the Versatones and it was just Dad and Bob like I said they didn't know a bass player or a drummer and they uh called themselves the Versatones because they felt like they were versatile that they could trade off from rhythm and bass and trade off and and they did a show in Puyallup called the Nancy Claire show Nancy Claire's from Tacoma I believe I'm not 100% but she's a northwesterner and she had she was 14 years old and she had a radio station Oh. So they got to play on there and uh they got the bug a little bit and um and then uh they kept practicing working on it and uh they had gone to Bob Reisdorf with the song Walk Don't Run and uh, he said, Yeah, he said, I like it, but you, you gotta work on it a little more. It's not quite ready yet. And so some time goes by and uh uh and so um they're playing around and, and so they decided uh you know that so, anyways, they had got to know a guy named Pat O'Day. Oh, and yeah. And Pat O'Day had moved here. I think his family, they have a big uh, uh, connection, family connection in the Northwest. But I think mm-hmm. Pat had lived in Arizona or was in a radio station in Arizona. Came back here and was working for a small radio station. Dad still remembers what it is, but I, I can't remember it now. But <laughs> he got promoted to a radio station that was new called KJR. Okay, and he was yeah. he was he was going to be their their main DJ, and Dad said at the time because my grandmother uh, was the one that really did all the legwork. She actually started the record company. She was actually their producer and manager, and I believe she people say she's probably one of the first ever female producer managers ever. And so she did all the legwork, and so um, and she actually. Uh, she was a, she's a poet and she actually wrote cookies and Coke, one of their first songs. So anyways, though, uh, so at the time dad said, you could walk right into a radio station. You could walk right in, you know, knock on the door. Oh yeah. Come on in. Give me a second. I'm, I'm on the line. I'm on the air. You know, yeah. And now you, you could never do that. Nope. So they went in and they, and they knew Pat cause they knew him from the other radio station. So they walked in and said, Hey Pat, you know, we, we really, uh, you know, we're really trying to get our record played and, and, you know, uh, is anything you can do for us? And he said, well, he said, yeah, yeah, I can. He said, I'll tell you what, because we always find some new instrumental music and we play it as a news kicker, which is, you know, 10 minutes before the news or five minutes before the news, we play a song, nobody's known and, and we'll play it. I'll, I'll do that for you. And they're going, wow, cool, man. So 
so uh, so he did. And I guess the switchboard just lit up and everybody wanted to know who that band was and what was that song. And and even even Bob Reisdorf, their manager, called up the radio station and went, who is that? <laughs> I want to get a hold of those guys, you know. So so anyway, uh, that, that was Pat O'Day was responsible for not just the ventures, but, you know, he had quite a history of, of you know, from the Spanish castle to... You know, all the dances he put on. And, yeah, if it wasn't for Pat O'Day, I don't know. Who knows what would have happened. And, I mean, that's absolutely crazy because, like, literally Pat O'Day is one of the most legendary radio people in the Pacific Northwest, at the very least. And so to just to be in having that connection, you have to realize that what the Ventures did, like, and what they accomplished, like, it was pretty much faded, like, it, everything fell into place perfectly for it to happen. Absolutely did. I've always said that about the ventures. When Bob Bogle walked onto that car lot that day, that, that was it. That was fate. And the rest of it, just everything just fell into place and, and quickly. And I say it was fate. You know, there's no other yeah. way to explain that. And the thing is, uh, you know, Pat O'Day, I mean, he touched a lot of lives and, and was responsible for all kinds of he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a DJ. Even I mean, you know, he was you know, he started Tickets West. I mean, you know, he promoted, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Elvis Presley. He was responsible for bringing the Beatles to the Northwest. He 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 did so much. But, you know, he did so much for music here. And uh, he was real passionate about it. And uh, matter of fact, he passed away. And I'm working with Mark Christopher uh, from KBSG Radio, old KBSG. Now he's on Como News and yeah. uh, Radio. And I'm working with Jerry O'Day, his Pat's son, and uh, Dempster Boyd and myself and uh, and uh, Ed Troyer just got involved with us. Yeah. And we're putting on a Ed uh, Troyer, big... the sheriff. Ed Troyer, the sheriff. Yeah, I've known Ed for a long That's time. Awesome. We... Yeah. We've done a lot of stuff together, Ed and I. He's a big fan of the ventures and music, and he's got a lot of fun stories with, about music it, itself. So anyways, he uh, he got us because he was the uh, tribal – he worked with uh, – uh, he was uh, – what was it? I can't remember exactly the title. But anyway, so uh, on the, uh, August twenty second, 2021, we're going to have an incredible – we have the uh, brand-new uh, state-of-the-art uh, Emerald Queen Casino Ballroom, the new one that's not even ever been used yet. We might yeah. be the first show in there, and we're going to have all kinds of artists and uh, probably a, a, a VIP room, and we're going to have a big memorabilia show. And I mean, it's going to be epic. So oh, keep that dude, on your account. Let us know if you need a podcast for your VIP area. Oh, yeah, we right? will. We, we we will. So keep in mind, and 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 we'd love to have you guys come and do that and get involved in that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, We've got well, our our recording gear is mobile, and we would love just to do a backstage, just hang out, cool. and I mean, just being able yeah. to document that in any yeah. sort of way would be fantastic. Like well, you're in, you're in, you're in. And yeah, and you know Ed Troyer is just a he's a he's just a great guy, a he's fun a good guy. guy. He's been around and, and, for and, so many years. And Jerry O'Day's got some fabulous stories too, man. I mean, Jerry O'Day was one of the first guys I met that when we started talking, I could really relate to you know his stories about you know having the Beach Boys over at his house in California. They they had, you know had lived in 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 Los Angeles and. Led Zeppelin would come over and be hanging out with the Beach Boys and and just the story of his dad and the kind of what he went through and the things that you know we kind of did and so yeah Jerry's a wonderful guy and of course Mark Christopher was uh, really res 
responsible and in in a big way for getting the ventures in the rock and roll hall of fame he went he went uh, and did uh, all kinds of footwork and, and put a lot of work into getting the ventures into the rock and roll hall of fame is that, so, is that really great. that much work like i have no idea even how that process goes about i mean it probably is very long and complicated <laughs> well you know it's funny because like you know it's the ventures but again uh you know um you know, they were, what dad say, 25 years past due on getting in the rock. Cause you gotta, yeah. the way it works is you gotta, you gotta have your first hit, your first album had to have been released 25 years prior or something like that. Yeah. So you gotta yeah. wait that long. And, and, and so it had gone 25 years plus 20 years or something like, I can't remember what it was. And, and Mark Christopher just said, Hey, I, 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 he, he had found out that the ventures weren't in the rock and roll hall of fame. And he went, huh? What? <laughs> and so he so he went on a mission. All right. And cool. uh, and and he got signatures. He went to the Capitol. He got uh, the Lieutenant Governor Brad Owen involved, and and the, and the Governor uh, Christine Gregoire. And he got he got the ball rolling, man. And being a, a radio guy, uh, and you know a lot of times too, you know bands like you know they got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with uh, Madonna, John Mellencamp, the Dave Clark Five, and Leonard Cohen. And a lot of times, like, I think, uh, God, who was it? Was I think maybe John Mellencamp, it took him four attempts to get in. He didn't get in the first time. Yeah. And we thought for sure, well, the Ventures aren't going to get in the first time. But they did. They got in the first <laughs> time. And it, it was quite an event. And, uh, you know, well, well, well worth uh, every bit of it, you know. It was well worth the wait on that. It's that recognition. It was. It was. I, I think you know the Ventures had so many other things going on. I mean, it's <laughs> not, it's been nonstop. They they don't. It's not like they're sitting around. I mean, things are happening always. So so it's kind of nice that it happened actually a little bit later. It was a, just another big celebration. Yeah, at that point you life. can kind of savor it as opposed to just being like, oh, this is a thing that happened. Now we're still doing a billion other things. Right. Exactly. Now, uh, and then, you know, the, the ventures music, just like every, every music, you know, it, 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 it's always there, but you know, it has surges, you know, it has <laughs> like, uh, you know, waves that, that, you know, uh, kind of hit every once in a while, the big wave, you know, and you have your music. And I remember at dad's house, uh, when he lived in Silicon and, uh, he had a house right there on the Puget Sound and, beautiful house there and anyway so he'd go to the recording studio he'd be in japan and i'd go over there and watch his house and hang out and uh and his phone would ring and and, and sometimes it'd be him calling so i'd wait to for the answering machine to pick up and and uh if it was him i'd answer if not i'd just let it go so anyways i'm there phone's ringing and i'm getting ready to leave and answering machine picks up and i you know dad used to do impersonations and that's how he started <laughs> out and so he had an impersonation on the thing it was pretty funny anyway so the answering machine picks up and he goes hey don this is quentin tarantino uh and i went oh well, wait a minute so i pick it up i go hey quentin he goes hi don i said no this is tim wilson this is his son but i said dad's down there in la where you are he's in the recording studio i'll give you the number he was looking for a song for kill bill because he already had a song in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. He was looking for a song for Kill Bill, and they found one. But Dad said, unfortunately, that part got cut out of the movie that oh. they had the song for. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, just – it's incredible. Just incredible. It, it's so, just keeps coming. Yeah, it's so cool just to see who is a fan. And, I mean, I'll be honest, like, Pulp Fiction got me kind of uh, into that. And I wasn't really recognizing uh, that music at that time. I was younger, so it was a lot of uh, – 
a lot of butt metal and stuff like that. And so you just yep. finally start getting your um, horizons expanded. And literally Pulp Fiction was one of those that kind of got me into that because it was about yeah. when I was about 15 or so. And I was able to like suddenly Uh-oh. realize there's other music out there than uh, what my <laughs> what my parents cool. and what my uncle were listening to. So like it was that's so cool to have it on like literally a legendary film. Oh yeah, exactly. And then also, I mean, they have songs in like uh, what was it, uh, American Pie, and I mean, so many. I mean, they've had songs in movies recently. There's a song about uh, what's a famous chess player uh, was from Bobby Fisher. Oh, searching for Bobby Fisher, maybe. Yeah, it was, no, it's called Pawn oh. Exchange. Oh. Pawn Exchange or oh, something okay. like that. But I mean, even like the <laughs> the movie sixty one, I think it was. They play Walk yeah. Don't Run all through that. I mean, they're just. It, it's it's just gone on and on and on. I hear it all the time. And like I said, you know, every time somebody even plays on the radio, there's a connection to the ventures somehow. Yep. You know, it's like, wow, wow. Well, and even going back to like this film, there's music in uh, in Stars and Guitars. How did you even like how can you even figure out how to pair that down to stuff? Because you want to do iconic, but also like there's got to be something that you're like, well, I wish we could put this one in because I love it. Like, how do you even choose music for stuff like that? Yeah, I think that um, the thing was, because there was, believe me, I mean, like I say, those artists you see in that film are the tip of the iceberg of great artists that recognize the ventures and are owe a debt to the ventures. Um, uh, You know, um, and so, you know, a lot of people at the time, it was before COVID when we started doing this, and a lot of people were on tour and a lot of people... You know, so and we had to, and Stacy wanted to create a very diverse. That was important to her to create a very diverse to show the diversity of of which the ventures influences have, you know, been bestowed, and and so that was her target and her main thing. And you know, I, I uh, you know, it's just funny, like this stuff too. Um, you know, just people, but you know, uh, Joe Walsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to uh, a good friend of mine is Alto Reed. He's the sax player for. Uh, Bob Seger, and he wrote that part and turned the page, and he's an incredible sax player in person. Known him for quite some time, and uh, Bob Seger came to Tacoma for the first time in years, came out of retirement, and then then came to Tacoma, and so I called Alto and said, hey, you guys are going to be in Tacoma. (laughs) I live right by there. I said, you know, he goes, yeah, come on, man. I'll get you and your dad in. Come on, and uh, Uh I'll get you backstage, and, and you can park where we park, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So anyways, um, it was kind of like a day before the show. And so I couldn't get a hold of my dad and, uh, I'm trying to get a hold of him. And, and so finally, uh, Alto calls me up and says, Hey man, he goes, is your dad going to be here? And I said, I, I, I think so, but I can't got a hold of you. He goes, because, uh, Joe Walsh, he said, uh, Joe Walsh never lets anybody come in his dressing room. He he's just won't let nobody. And he, I told him that you were coming and your dad was Don Wilson of the ventures and he was coming. And Joe says, Oh my God. He goes, when Don Wilson gets here, send him straight to my dressing room. <laughs> so pretty funny, man. But anyways, that's just it. I mean, you know, I mean, the ventures have touched, uh, just that. I don't think my dad is, it really realizes how many, Life he's touched all over the world. I mean, he used to yeah. get letters from he used to get letters from Vietnam. People from Vietnam and said, "Don, your music got me through through Vietnam. If it wasn't for you guys, man. I don't know if I would have made it." You know, I mean, just oh, it's insane, dude. Right? That is, I mean, and that's that's awesome, but it's also a little heavy on that end too. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's gotten letters, man. They're very touching. People dying yeah. and from cancer and stuff and asking if we could send them some or a brother saying, hey, my brother's got cancer. He's dying. Could, you know, could you send a T-shirt? He just loved you guys. It would mean so much to him. I mean, oh, we, we've got a lot of sad letters, a lot of amazing letters. You know, uh, one guy said that dad said, I think it was might have been Japanese, but he said, you know, he said he's been in a wheelchair his whole life. And he said, you know, when I hear the Ventures music, not only do I think I can walk, I think I can fly. You know, I mean, wow. just uh, yeah. just crazy. I mean, just nutty. I mean, the stuff, it's really quite touching. One of our listeners asked, um, do you have a favorite instrumental song? Yeah, you know, gosh, that is a tough one, man. That is a tough one. Um, you know, there's just so many. And probably some of them might be the Japanese uh, number one uh, uh, hits in Japan. I think they had 21 number one hits in Japan on songs but that they wrote that were just beautiful ballads and beautiful. But, you know, of course, Walk Don't Run, I have to say. And, and you know, people always have asked Dad, you know, how many times have you probably played Walk Don't Run? Don't you get tired of it? He said, hell no. I love it. I love playing Walk Don't Run every chance I get. He probably played it. Oh, oh my God. And, you know, their live music was damn near good, if not better than their album music. But anyway, yeah, that there's a song called Blue Dawn by the ventures called blue dawn and and that's another fantastic uh instrumental song awesome thanks that's all i had <laughs> well guys I got, well we got to do this again this has been yeah. real fun tim thank you for spending like an hour with us and hanging out oh, and just pleasure, BSing. guys we're gonna have to get you back on especially once it gets closer to the big party date uh yes and get all that going on but thank you like thank you for just hanging out and like BSing with us on a on a Saturday uh, afternoon, chilling out. Yeah, <laughs> we love we love talking to people from Tacoma. Yeah, I want to thank my fr- I want to thank my friend Doug for making this possible too. Because without him, he's my like I say, he helps me out immensely on anything electronic or <laughs> computer. Because I'm not yes, Doug, I'm not that guy. Doug, thank he, you for us too as well because we're not oh, that yeah. technologically inclined either. So the fact that we can make this all happen is fantastic. That was cool, man. Hell yeah, that it was, was cool. so cool, man. That's what Scott said. He wrote it to me, put it in an envelope, mailed it to me. It was just sticky notes. And all <laughs> it said was, man, that was really cool. Can you believe that they liked us and we liked them? <laughs> Dot com. That's Dot what it said. I have it in an envelope. I'll prove it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's weird. But it was cool. Like yeah. that was a really fun interview. That was like, like super amazing. I was like really I wasn't sure what to expect just because he just he shot us an email and I was like, all right, cool. And Scott responded and we're just like, holy crap. Can he tell some stories? And we're I absolutely hundred percent gonna have to get him back on. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's only been one other better storyteller than that ever. And that was Biff from Biff's Blue Ribbon Barbecue Sauce. We got to get him back. Once we can all hang out together and have a barbecue fest, we'll invite Biff over. Like, you think Biff can come over to the uh, Kraken once the old studio's running? Oh, I'm running? 100% sure. All right. <laughs> but, I mean, but really, can you imagine that, that the ventures, literally, I played for my kids, Hawaii <laughs> Five O down, 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 down. Right. Like and they know that and they're like, wait, you interviewed that guy? Like it kind of made me have a little little flutter in my stomach. Yeah, 
I'm proud of us. <laughs> well, I mean, it was really easy. He didn't really, I mean, most of the time he didn't have to say much and he went right on with it. So oh, it was yeah, pretty, that guy pretty old court. Yeah, that was the coolest part. I want to be able to, like, seriously, like, I want to just be able to be like, I don't know, once you get your like bar rolling, we can have him just like hang out and like tell stories, do whatever the fuck he wants to do, man. Shit. Uncle Tim's story time. Even if we just have to do, have him do Zoom with uh, his buddy Doug, figure it all out for us. Michelle's well, mom. it sounds like he lives somewhere around me, so. Yeah, right? You could figure I that can out. help him out. We'll internet detective and find him out. Uh, Michelle's mom, she wrote in the Discord, is so, so stoked for Whoa, the Ventures Michelle's interview. mom's on Discord. No, no, no. Michelle's on there, but she said her <laughs> mom. No, her mom's not on this. Oh, like, I know. Like, she's listening to this right now. Probably. So you can stop listening to this part because the interview's over. And uh, we'll just be talking about, no, we're not going to be really bad on this one. <laughs> really? Michelle's mom knows about the ventures? That's so cool. Yeah. Like I, I, tried, I told my aunt, and my aunt knows nothing because she lives in a <laughs> like weird world of worrying about the CIA getting her. But what I told her f- about the ventures, and the she's fuck? like, wait, the ventures? I know that. And I, and I just went, and she knew so I had to do like the ventures even like breaks into the CIA world. hundred <laughs> percent. Like I don't even feel bad about diming her out. I'm convinced it's either drug trafficking from the fifties or the CIA, whatever, you know, yeah. the story. I know, but whatever. I don't even care. I know I can tell. So how was your holiday then? <laughs> oh my God. The holiday. So we had the kids for Christmas Eve. Uh, we did fondue and presents and nice. what did I get? I got a RFID money clip slash wallet. What does that do? So I've noticed I have a problem carrying business cards around in my, my, my traditional bifold wallet. Right. Okay. So it folds into three pieces and then like you have your ID and the little like window ID yep. thing. Well, it's been fucking up my business cards. So my wife bought me this little metal contraption wallet that is more like a money clip. And it holds all my cards. It's even with all my shit, it's still less than half as thick. Goes in my front pocket. So I stopped building a soap shelf on my ass cheek. (laughs) And I like it. So I got one of those. I got a Dremel so I can Dremel things. I guess drill little holes. Cool. I got a cheese smoking tube. I know you I'm showed me that, about. which I was kind yeah. of interested in about. So, um, yeah, you told me a yeah, little bit more about that. Can smoke some cheese. What else did I get? I love smoking I got, cheese. Uh, shit, I'm sure there's something else that's important, but really, I'm the most excited about the cheese smoking tube. Oh, I got a massager, like a like, little like muscle gun, like a dildo. Like a, oh, you got one of them, like yeah, yes, you got one of them like, shooters, it's like man. Like the dildo one, but it's more like the the beat the shit out of you one. Yeah, the one where it like it's like <laughs> doing like little punches on your like back or wherever yeah. you're putting a little butthole. So I got one of those. And my aunt sent me some crazy shit, and that was fine. She always sends uh, crazy uh, stuff. Um, yeah. How about you, man? What'd you get? Um, ended up uh, getting some. Uh, God, what did I get? I just totally spaced out. I got a sweet hoodie. Uh, Stone Not Evergreen hoodie. Travelers. Uh, they're a great, awesome local band. I've uh, seen them at the Valley before. I was going to say, I saw them at the Valley. Yep. And uh, 
Michelle uh, Michelle got me that. Very stoked about that. Um, I kind of forgot about everything else right now. Jeff got oh, like, yeah. like I got the vibrating uh, super chairs. I know, yeah, you got amazing chairs. I got like yeah, I got a D and D My Little Pony set. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's cool. Don't man. tell people that. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> I, I saw the picture and I had to blow it up. I go, those my little ponies. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're dressed up like little D D characters. It's adorable. Jeff, tell us about yeah, your manly chairs. I don't want to hear about Justin's <laughs> oh, weird D and D stuff. Well, yeah, they're they're uh, just basic gaming gaming chairs that re- they recline. They recline like twice, so I didn't know about the second part. Oh, you know, I thought you just recline like one where you put your feet up, but you could practically lay lay flat. Really? I'm thinking, oh man, spending a lot of time in there. How and comfortable then, uh, are those? Uh, uh they're okay. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, they're 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 midland. You know, they're not the best. They're not the worst. They're 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 in the middle. Um, perfect for my needs. Nice. Uh, uh, uh yeah. And then the the second one, the second surprise. So that was a total surprise. To me, and then the second surprise she bought is uh, Oculus uh, Two. Ooh, VR. Uh, yeah. So, man, I got one that. of those. I still haven't hooked up. I feel bad, dude. Yeah, we got to like oh, all get into two. VR. No, then we you can, have the fancy one. We can like all hang out together in VR and like do like GCP VR. I didn't know that was a thing. I should have done that before now. I know you could do like uh, chat rooms and stuff, and you could yeah. probably just. I mean, like I know that. Like with mine, because I hook my, I got a Vive and I can hook it up to the PC. And I'm gonna hook up. I'm gonna hook up with the official technology master of the Grissy podcast, Dan Smith. Nice, and he'll get us hooked up. Oh yeah, and Jeff, if you can hook yours up, you can hook yours up to a PC too, right? That is correct. You oh. should have to have to hook up to a PC, right? It's self. It's self-contained. Oh uh, no, I have a. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, been hanging. Yeah, out. it's fun and uh, it's just magic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's just like I've been on other worlds. I've been in storybooks. I've been. Have you watched porn stories. yet? So no, not yet. So I, I'm working up. You have to, to that, do that but... tonight. I need to. I need to report back, son. That's no, not. Yeah, that's science. Something. You have to do this for science. I'm just gonna throw it out there. That's not something yeah. we're gonna do together. Like what? <laughs> I'm just. You don't want to go to a pig roast? No, maybe we can like you know like do like the Star Trek thing where we're all on the bridge and we're flying around and be like cool and stuff, or like do a virtual yeah. chat room or something. But let's not. But what if I find a virtual cat? No, man. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, no, no. no. Right, well, I'll host, and you guys just gotta show up. Okay. <laughs> I'll just know anytime you're hosting something, it could just be porn. No, probably not, but maybe. The VR stuff's getting so good. I don't see why we couldn't do a back a back room, a malarkey back room. Dude, that'd be so cool. Or... Yeah, we just like do a whole room and like, uh, do we have like, can we reconstruct all of those pictures? Um, like in, they're like, probably the room from still pictures, there. or maybe just find like, yeah, it's like I don't even know yeah. what's going on with that building anymore. They've got to like tear it it's down. It's still for they? rent. Uh, they gotta like. I feel like they have to like tear that down, or turn it into a nightclub. Oh, 
a skanky ass to go my nightclub. That would be that would be such people, a dirty like when's the next club? time nightclubs are ever gonna come back, right? Like like yeah. I think that's like on the really low end of the priority. Yeah, that's like the end of like all of the problems is gonna be like then they can open those back up. So yeah, I don't know what it's gonna be. It's just probably gonna be haunted and whatever. We could probably still go in there and just do podcasts. They'd probably let us in there, right? Or we could just jimmy the door. They'd never know we're there. <laughs> I'm sure somebody probably already has done that. I don't really want to like surprise anybody there. Yeah, so, it, so it's being managed through a property management company. If we could find the owner, mm. but then still there's the electrical bill. So oh, I don't want that. Oh, I don't want to have to be paying the whole of Malarkey's fucking electrical bill. So. No, this sounds like a really bad idea. I'd rather kick in on your electrical bill for like tight pennies. Nice. Uh, yeah. I wanted to give a shout out because uh, for dinner, for Christmas dinner, we ended up hitting up a uh, little radio. I know that you were there physically when you could. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice little spot um, right down there, right across from like the Domino's and like the Matador. And Yeah, tell us what you got. How was it? Uh, we got the vegetarian Wellington dinner for two. So it was a take and bake because they did a whole Christmas thing and they sold out on it. I had uh, shouted out, I think, last week um, about it. And so all of the listeners uh, made sure that they helped us sell out their, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it was because of us, um, that they're uh, both vegetarian and their normal beef Wellington. But we went the vegetarian option, uh, which was. What is in a vegetarian beef Wellington? Uh, Beyond Meat and Lobster Mushroom. Uh, duh, uh, oh, so there's some seafood in there? Uh, No. Lobster Mushroom wrapped in a puff pastry. So there's a type of mushroom in the world called a lobster mushroom? I'm reading it right now from the website. Lobster Mushroom Duxellel. D-U-X-E-L-L-E. It's probably French and I'm ruining it, but it's Beef Wellington with stuff. Uh, two Hasselbeck potatoes with creamy curry aioli, which was really good. Um, garam masala and honey roasted rainbow carrots, and two Hungarian style chimney cakes with brown and Haley raspberry topping for dessert. And that dessert that was, sounds pretty good. It was. I've got great. some garam masala stuff in my pantry, and we got some wine with it. And then we got uh, a Caesar salad, and then cinnamon rolls with a mimosa kit too for the morning. So that was pretty bomb. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, and it was all just, like, amazing. It was so good. And, like, literally, like, we've been drinking all day, and it was super easy to bake. It was just take and bake. They gave us all the instructions, gave us a little little Christmas card inside. Like, so super awesome that they were able to do this, and I was glad that they were able to sell out on that. Dude, it was so And where was that from again? It was uh, Little Radio, and you can get all their information at littleradiotacoma.com. And uh, find Where? them on all the, the all Facebooks and stuff. But, uh, yeah, LittleRadioTacoma.com. I mean, it's really easy to find. And I don't know when they opened, if it was last year or even this year. Like, it no, was... it was this year. It okay. was, uh, it was been still, really like, it was late. It was late summer because I went to their opening party. I want to say it was, like, early September, I think. All right. Yeah, because maybe late August. But it was somewhere between August and early September. And it's really nice there. It's yep. the same people that own the uh, Wingman Brewery. That's right. And you should support them because Ken is a damn national treasure. 
Well, I loved it a lot, and I love Wingman anyway, so uh, really good food. So super shout-outs to that. Uh, Jeff, you had some food too, though, right? Yeah, no. we got <laughs> ours from need. the... Bl- oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, some... Uh, I was planning on uh, having just TV dinners because my wife is on a, a, a nutritional path oh, that yeah. does not include turkeys and turkeys and, and stuff, potatoes and all that stuff. So I thought I was right. just going to get like a TV dinner. But we found out that the Black Bear uh, Diner uh, in Sunrise Ooh. had a had a special. And so they either got like prime rib or turkey or ham. Oh. We took the turkey option. They were sold out of a prime rib. Uh, but yeah, big, nice, big old chunks of ham, probably breast. But it was very <laughs> seasoned, but not over seasoned. The gravy and potatoes and corn stuffing and the big old chunks of bacon and the, um, uh, what do we call those beans. Oh, those, God, that's so good. Beans. Yeah, it was good. Even the gravy, gravy had chunks of turkey in it, mm. big, thick, brown. You got that from the greasy. Black Bear? I know right where that is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we love the Black Bear, but it's like don't order a biscuit. The biscuit's as big as your fist. <laughs> fist and biscuit. Wait. A fist of biscuit. Right? A, fist a little of bit biscuit. of triscuit. <laughs> uh, I wanted to also throw out uh, Eric P. posted in our shout outs on our Discord, which you can uh, hop into our Discord anytime. It's all over our social media and our website. Uh, Four Horsemen Brewery is doing a New Year's dinner. Four Horsemen Brewery. They're yeah. right off of 18 in between, like, you know, when you get off. Is, so you're going up 18, like you're going to go to, like, Snoqualmie Falls, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. go past the Muckleshoot exit, you go up, and there's that Pacific Raceways exit. You get off, you take a right, you go down, take a left a little bit. They've got signs. The uh, And, damn it, these guys are trying so hard. Their beer is so good. It's Four Horsemen Brewery. And all of their beer, like my wife and I went down and we had their entire run of it. Like we had one, I I would say it's a bad beer, but it's only bad because the other ones were so good. And they've got names and everything about Four Horsemen right there in Kent Auburn, Black Diamond. Uh, all of their beer is on tap at the Pacific Raceways, which I don't know if they're doing races right now or not. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what Eric was talking about is legit. Nice. Yeah, you can uh, order at fourhorsemen.beer. And uh, I know is this is... beer a thing? Yeah, I guess dot beer is a thing, dude. Maybe you should look into that. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and yeah, they got fourhorsemen.beer. And uh, Eric put that up on our shoutouts channel on the Discord. Uh, I don't know if uh, if you guys are listening to this on a Monday. This would be Monday the twenty eighth. Uh, Is it four like the number or four like the spelling? Uh, like the spelling. So f o u r horseman dot beer. And yeah, they have a whole thing going on with that. You can get the information about that. And they've got a gumbo salmon and uh, some. Uh, a gumbo Ooh. salmon? No, okay, never mind. I'm done with them now. Oh, you don't wow. put salmon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Look at how cute their website is, and their logo is pretty cool. Nice. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. that's the same place. That's cool. the good people. So even There's if, a, uh, yeah, even if yeah. you miss this, check them out because they're probably still trying to keep themselves afloat because usually that's what you're trying to do during all this bullshit. Hey, I talked to the owner and yeah. they, this is pre Rona. Uh, and they have a lot of good business with the uh, Pacific Raceways, but I'm absolutely sure that anything that us and our listeners can do to support them, like we should do it because yeah. their beer was pretty good. Their little food is fun. These guys had a hell of a time getting their tap room open. And it, it now it's a little, it's like going to the woods to drink beer. I'm going to be real honest. Like when you drive out there, you're gonna be like wait who just stole all the furniture from mcdonald's put it out in the woods it's worth it it's so good right on like i would love us to nothing more than for the gritty podcast to be giant advocates of that particular brewery because they try so hard nice that's amazing yeah so yes check that. that out uh also i wanted to give a uh damn it a shout out to Someone who gave us uh, like a shout out. It was kind of weird. Uh, we ended up, I posted on in our Discord channel, um, the Urban Business Support, um, Oliver Scott was uh, on with us. Uh, this was actually a while back. back well, I remember Oliver. He was yeah. a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. So we had him on back in uh, September 16th of 2019. But they uh, wanted to wish a happy holiday and a new year from everyone from Urban Biz. And they made a little video and uh, they showed right off uh, the front of it was just, boom, our stuff uh, when he interviewed us. Where's, and, this, where's this link? Uh, it is in our Discord channel, uh, but it's on the Instagram. Okay. And uh, you were there. Actually, it was everyone because we had the video. When did you post this? Yeah. I'm going to look. Uh, back on Christmas Eve. It's just the uh, one oh, little no, thing. That's some weird you in a video game thing. Oh, that's weird. I don't know what you're looking at me now. But no, the video they posted up, it was uh, all three of us, Scott, uh, you, Brogan, right in the middle, and uh, me down at the uh, uh, the Union Club interviewing him. So, uh, Where is it? God damn it. There's video of it, so Jeff had to have been there as well, so that's pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. So, so really happy to see that. You can follow them I see on the girl trouble thing. That's the 22nd. Oh, you're so terrible at this. I am bad. I mean, like, it's literally like if you like are in the uh, shout outs. Oh, you're not even in the shout outs. Oh, sorry. it's in shout outs. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I told you it's in the shout outs. I could have put it somewhere <laughs> else, too, but it's the second one right there. It's a video. It's on their Instagram. Urban B-I-Z-S-P-S. You can give them a follow and uh, help them out. Uh, I don't remember the interview that much right now, but you can get all. The oh, it's so cute! Look at this. Yeah, who's the bridge? You guys need to check this out. Oh yeah. That's... Oh, it's that guy. Yeah, they wanted it. To... Hey, it's me. I'm so drunk. You were probably this is... <laughs> usual. I think this is like one of those ones where it was maybe towards the. Well, I just, end you of you the, give uh... me a beer, I turn bright red. Yeah, you get a little rosy cheeks. It's great. Anyway, oh, so it's cute. Yeah, so it was super cool. And they give a shout out to a lot of the other stuff that they deal with. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to listen to uh, what they're trying to do in the Hilltop area. Um, they're really trying to help develop it without uh, the gentrification 
and uh, the ever-present uh, issues going on with that. So, well, that guy was super smart about like small business lending. Yeah, like, yeah, he was not wrong. So that's a good, good for anybody out there that was interested in any kind of small business lending. He's probably a good resource. Oh, Jeff, you're amazing. He actually linked it in the normal Discord now too. Yeah, I can't count. Such a it. nice person. <laughs> so you can find all of that and everything um really excited because we will be doing new year's eve and uh having a party uh, at your house can i be at your house no you can't be at my house why uh, can't i be at your house nobody can be at the houses there's no housing where... can i just come to your house no but what if i don't have anywhere to live um i know you oh. do Damn it! But I'm just gonna show up. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna sit at your front door and cry. You can sit at the front door. <laughs> you're not coming. I'll in. panhandle to your wife. I'll be like, "Listen, Michelle, I'm you're so like, sorry." You're like, "Let me in," and I'll be like, "Get into the Discord I channel." Don't have the road. What if I've got the shot by then? What if I'm inoculated? Yeah, you're not gonna be inoculated because you're not old and you're not a fireman or anything like that. I'm a fireman. You are not. You are. Damn it. You're a fine. Black, you're All right. Black so, well, what are we doing for New Year's Eve then? If I can't come to your house and wreck everything, um, I don't know. Do we want to try to stay up at midnight and talk with people, or do we just want to do it earlier? Bro, I do it. You guys are gonna do it. I'm down for it. Like we can come, in, like and just like hang out and get really drunk and ask each other stupid questions or do stuff. I don't know. Like countdown. I'll snort some dirt. You'll like, snort dirt. I don't. Yeah. I if, mean, if I can stay awake. All right. I mean, if you want to do that, I, you could just like drink coffee or like Red or, Bulls or like, shit. Mushrooms. I don't know. Ooh. No, like, like creminis. Oh. Ugh. Lobster Stuff mushrooms. mushrooms or Lobster <laughs> mushrooms. I don't know if they're a real no, thing man, or not. I don't know. We can discuss it. Like, All right. We can stay up until the East Coast time because we have East Coast listeners. Yeah, we'll try. We'll see and what not happens. That anybody's going to care. Like, they're not going to know if we faked them out or not. Er- <laughs> Eric says sniff uh, hand sanitizer, and I don't think that's going to fucking happen. Like, I mean, I'll do anything once. All right. Well, that's uh, you can oh. you can be our stunt boy for uh, New Year's Eve. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if uh, right. we can get you to do the uh, snort hand sanitizer. <laughs> Bad idea. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Hey, uh, speaking oh, of New Year's, Eric's Eric's reputable. Go ahead. Yeah, New Year's and New Year's resolution. Uh, I would like to bring the term. Fuck stickery into the vocabulary of the Good right. City podcast. All right, uh, done. Fuck stickery. Uh, I, I also proxy for J- or for Scott. We uh, we approve. Okay, so we've passed that measure. Now, 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 you got to save your the rest of your resolutions and shit for next next uh, whatever day that is Thursday next Thursday. Right. So it's the thirty oh, first. Well, what? Yes. Why don't we start dropping? Can how fast can we make a resolution channel and see how? See uh, we could just right click and make one. Can you? Oh, looks like yeah. well, I, mean, channel. I can't. Whoever hold on, hold on, hold on. Channel can. name: New, New, New Year's Reso Resolutions. Create channel. I spelled it correctly. There we go. Now we have a. Discord channel for By new. By the way, Year's I'd like to get us a music bot. So figure that out, and I'll pay for it. A music bot? Oh yeah. You don't know about music bots and Discord channels? No. We'll have to talk with Scott about that and figure. Although it out I don't point. know that that we are necessarily. So I'm trying. 
in my mind, my New Year's resolution is for our podcast to be a hangout for people, not just during the times that we are podcasting. Cool. But next episode is the New Year's resolutions episode. We're not. Yeah, but maybe I'm going to practice this one and then maybe I'm wrong. You've been drinking, haven't you? Dude, I had to drink three beers. (laughs) All right. Well, that'll be coming up on our next episode. Uh, Everyone, thank you if you listened to this long. Why are you quitting on this podcast? We can still talk, but we're kind of done for now. We're two minutes over. God damn it. Also, remember that we're fucking just at the end of a really long interview with Tim uh, Wilson, who was amazing on this episode. So that's cool. No, I guess that's true. All those people did just hear all of that. We can still talk. They gave up on us. Yeah, they probably did. I mean, if they made it this long, um, shit. We'll send you a sticker (laughs) if you uh, can quote when I say it. I guess you make a good point, Justin. When you're right, you're right. Sweet. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, uh, yeah, go to GridCityPodcast.com and all that stuff. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We're out. com. You've been listening to the Grid City Podcast. Check them out at gritcitypodcast.com.